Make It Right, the manufacturing podcast. Oftentimes, we don't know what we can do until we really have to do it. This week on the Make It Right podcast, it's the story of a manufacturing plant that turned a rapid COVID pivot when the need arose. Prior to the pandemic, this plant was producing colored sheets for the creation of shower, bath, and RV panels. But as demand dropped off, so did production. In the span of just a few months, this 24-7 plant had to reduce its workforce by 65%. And then opportunity knocked. There was high demand for clear acrylic to produce the barriers we see in stores everywhere. So with a significant plant conversion to a totally different process, the company is now busier than ever and has since seen a near 40% growth in employment. I'm Janet Eastman, and this week on the Make It Right podcast, I'm pleased to have Gary Buckland, the senior plant manager of Spartech in Paulding, Ohio, share his business turnaround story. Welcome to the show, Gary. You have had a wild ride over the last eight months, haven't you? Yes, we have, and uh, thank you for having me on today. My pleasure. So explain just what Spartech does. I've, I've kind of given a bit of a brief overview, but Explain what it was actually doing prior to COVID-19. Here in Paulding, uh, we make, we call it um, opaque or solid color um, materials. I know in your opening, you mentioned the RV industry is very big for us. Uh, We do refrigeration, uh, bathtub shower surrounds, pool steps, uh, agriculture, marine products. So we don't really make end products. We actually produce plastic sheet that other people use to make and to turn into final products. Okay, so how did COVID impact prior to deciding to make this pivot? Now, I talked about the company layoffs, or, you know, uh, I guess they weren't layoffs so much as just people couldn't come to work. So how did it affect them, you guys, prior to this this pivot? Yeah, it was uh, quite a bit. I mean, part of our business was deemed vital, so we could keep some of our operations going. Um, and. Uh, about 35% of our workforce continued to work, or 65% was we, we had to put them on furlough. Uh, just because, again, when the, you shut the, uh, the overall economy down, the, all those industries shut down as well. So there was no need for our product. So, you know, as a result, we had to follow suit when orders dried up and we had to uh, furlough people at the time. So, you know, this would have been uh, mid March and to April. Um, and actually, about mid-May when we started on on this path that we're currently on. So, tell me about the key challenges that you had to face when you made this adjustment to produce this clear acrylic in large quantities. There was a plant conversion. You had to get people back to work. You've got social distancing. Just paint that scenario for me. Sure. Yeah. It um, it was um, definitely a challenge, and probably the biggest thing to do was everybody's mindset. Uh, you know, initially, um, as our volume dropped here in Paulding, uh, Spartec has 14 plants uh, across North America, and we have several plants that produce um, clear acrylic materials. Well, with the spike in sales that, you know, they were seeing or need for the sheet, they could not produce enough. So that's when they put the challenge out and just saying, you know, hey, is this something Paulding could run? And, uh, you know, again, so I challenged my, uh, my people. So the first thing was their mindset, you know, for 50 years, this plant's been running these opaque or uh, colored products. And now to say, hey, we're going to run clear. 
a totally different uh, product and totally different process. So um, the, the mindset was the first one, but uh, with the economy being where it was and so many people on furlough, you know, the team here knew that, you know, this was a, hu a huge opportunity for us. So everybody pulled together, our maintenance team did an amazing job, uh, production people uh, got everybody together and, and that's what we had to do. We had to start to look at our current process to say, okay, you know, when you, when you do solid colors, a lot of things are hidden. Uh, like you don't see little scratches or little things because it's, you know, it's hidden by the color. When you're doing clear sheet, you know, you, your whole process from beginning to end you know, has to be, you know, scuff-free, scratch-free. You can't have any defects in this stuff. So um, it was a big mindset from what we currently do. Um, so then that's why we had to start looking at our processes and figure out, you know, melt flows are different, the way it melts, it heats, um, processing characteristics. We had to learn all of that and we were able to do it within a two-week time span. So it wasn't easy, <laughs> a lot of long days, long nights, but uh, it took us about two weeks to get the first line up and running. So did you actually have to get uh, different equipment in or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we were able to use the majority of our current equipment, but we had to make a lot of modifications to our current processes. So, uh, and that's what we did. It took us the first few days to really sit down and identify the changes we had to make. And then, of course, I had to get with corporate, uh, you know, bring up, you know, capital requirements, you know, investments we had to make, um, most of the items, um, Actually, our in-house uh, maintenance team was able to build and convert or to modify. And that's how we were able to get such a quick turnaround was just the, the, the flexibility that we were able to have due to the skill set that we have in our, you know, maintenance and, and production people. Mm -hmm. And I guess you had to rely quite heavily on the expertise of those people that, that perform these processes and who really understand them well, because they're the ones who, who are going to make or break it, whether it works for you or not, right? Yeah, so, and what we were able to do is, and again, this is the nice thing about, you know, being a part of a, a bigger company, we were able to reach out. So we took our experienced operators here, and we got on the, the phone, had a lot of conference calls with some of our uh, sister plants um, around um, one of them in, in Cape Girardeau uh, that makes this, uh, this sheet. And they were able to, by talking or sharing best practices, here's what works for them. They were kind of able to help guide and direct us. And then, so we took their learnings and kind of worked with our operators. And uh, that's how we were able to, I guess, kind of share, do some best practice sharing to, to help us out. So uh, that made the journey a little bit easier for us. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know what, if you didn't have to do the social distancing, it would have been very easy for somebody from that plant to fly and see you and be there on hand and say, this is how we get this done and whatever. But when you're having to do it through conference calls and things like that, it just added a, another layer of difficulty, I'm, I'm assuming. Absolutely, that was the biggest struggle because to your point, if this would have been any other time, uh, yeah, people would have been in a car uh, driving here or flying here, um, we could have went there, had our people work with their people. But with the COVID and everything being in lockdown, yeah, we weren't able to do that. So a lot of phone calls, um, you know, our people, the 35% that was working here, were already kind of getting used to all the COVID challenges, you know, we're taking temperatures every day, wearing masks, you know, and, 
and little things people don't think about, especially when working in a hot factory is you wear a mask, but you get out in the plant and your glasses steam up, you know, so how do you work around that? Okay, well, now we need anti-fog glasses, and I mean, just one thing creates another issue, which creates another, so a lot of things going on, you know, all the social distancing, disinfecting we had to do. Um, we, we actually purchased our own fogger um, to help disinfect. Um, all kinds of just little things that added to the complexity of this challenge. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know how quickly you rolled people back into employment through this because like you say, you got to get them reintroduced to the new process. You've got to get them used to the social distancing practices. It's not like it would have been typically where you just say, okay, everybody back to work. So how were you in that two week period able to bring everybody back or was this a bit of a longer drawn process? Yeah, we had to drag it out a little bit longer. It took us about two weeks to get the first line converted. And then since then, we've done two other lines. So um, each line takes about two weeks for us to convert. So it was basically over a six week process. Um, so, but each time we got a line coming, we'd bring, you know, a group of people back. And then to your point, so the very first thing is, you know, introducing them to, to all the COVID checks and, and, and uh, changes that have come around from there, you know, social distancing. And we put yellow tape around the plant on where the people to stand, you know, to give you the six foot, um, we changed things too. We bought everybody radios out the plant. Um, that way they can talk and communicate through the radios versus having to talk face to face. Um, and a lot of what we did from a disinfecting and cleaning process, we developed six S cards. So we took that same concept and rolled it into COVID. Um, so every position has a, their own COVID six S card. It's a checklist of different things they've got to clean, uh, clean every day or every shift. Um, which includes even, I just mentioned the radios, you know, before you do a shift transfer, you got to disinfect your radios. So all those little things, we tried building it into our process. That way, when the people come back, um, you know, they had a kind of a follow these instructions and made it a little bit easier, kind of give them checklists to do until, you know, again, you do it for a while and, and start remembering, every, you know, all the changes you have to make. So you mentioned that it's it's quite hot in, in your plant. Give me an... I mean, for somebody who is, is not in the manufacturing industry in this way, give me a picture of, of what it like, looks like in the plant so I can understand some of the safety challenges that you may face because I know you guys have huge safety practices. So just give, paint that picture for me. Yeah, just like from a heat standpoint, typically in a lot of manufacturing plants, but ours specifically because, you know, these are big machines, you know, we've got but we're melting pellets down, forming, you know, into molten material. So as a result, we're generating a lot of heat. So our plant is typically 15 degrees, maybe 20, depending on the days, hotter than the outside. So, you know, when it's 80, 85 degrees outside, it's 100, 105 inside the plant. So that adds to it. And then when you say, okay, now with COVID, you have to wear masks, you know, it's it's compounding the problem for the, for the people. And that's something, um, you know, people have to get used to. I mean, everybody understood, very little complaining. Um, everybody understands with this pandemic, you know, there's changes that have to happen, but again, it just adds to the complexity. Mm -hmm. And the, just the, the level of heat in there, are there best practices that you have for, for keeping an eye on people's temperatures, even without COVID? 
Yes, uh, and, and we do that. We uh, talk to our people. We actually, we built uh, cooling rooms. So if people start getting too hot, they can walk in, cool off. We supply our people free water. So they're able to take water breaks. We buy fresh fruit so they can, you know, keep, uh, try to cool down. So we increase break frequencies. And we, so we're doing all that all the time, um, you know, just from an overheating standpoint. Of course, you know, taking temperatures, everybody does that when they first come in. Uh, you can't come into the plant without getting your temperature taken first but then throughout the day uh, we try monitoring you know people's progress we've got people walk up and down the lines just you know again just trying to um, be as helpful as we can and to uh, again it, it helps promote teamwork really mm -hmm. so I mentioned at the start of the podcast that you've actually brought everybody back to work and then you've now had to add because you're so busy you've added up to 40 percent to your workforce so What's the challenge like trying to bring new people into a brand new environment in a COVID situation and uh, get them trained up and get them to work and find them too? That's right. Yeah, there's there's definitely um, uh, during this time there's uh, there's plenty of challenges. So again, yeah, you just keep adding it on. So with that growth, so as the economy started opening back up, our normal business came back. Well, on top of that, we're trying to produce all this COVID material, so, and continuing to do that. So that's what uh, is, you know, resulting in the, the additional hiring. So uh, this area um, that we're in the Northwest Ohio typically has very low unemployment. Um, Pre-COVID, it was like 2.7%, so it was very low. Um, of course, with the COVID, it spiked up. Um, so we did a lot of advertising. We do uh, social media uh, advertising, doing some billboards, newspapers. Uh, we have signs posted out in the plant. Um, early on, a bit of a struggle. Uh, toward the end of July, um, I just think with the, um, the way things were happening, um, you know, from the government standpoint, it, it started opening up. People started coming out um, applications. So we've now filled most of our spots. We've only got a few openings left. So um, hiring has gotten easier in the last few weeks. So when you look at the big picture, and we don't know how long this, this COVID thing is going to last, but you say you're seeing demand for your original products coming back, but you've converted two or three lines to making clear acrylic. Um, how, how are you going? How do you manage it all? Like you, well, you must have a significant growth and I think you're operating 24 seven, so you can't add any more hours. Yeah, it's, it's, it's adding additional lines. So our line utilization rates are really going up um, to your point. Um, you know, right now, again, it's hard to see what's going on out in the market. We do see um, some cancellation of orders as some school districts. So schools are a big one that we're, we're taking a lot of clear acrylic sheet. As they shut down and go online, you know, there might be some areas canceling orders, but then we're seeing others, you know, placing new orders. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a push-pull, you know, we're, we're seeing some cancellations, but then we're seeing, you know, other orders go in. So, uh, you know, again, I don't, we don't know that this is ever really going to go away. Um, you know, I think with a lot of these barriers, a lot of businesses are just, you know, understanding that these are good practices to have, probably even after COVID. So we think there will be additional, um, you know, sales moving forward beyond what there was just because, you know, again, you never know when the next pandemic is going to happen. So I think a lot of businesses will continue to protect their people. Mm -hmm. This is probably going to be a bit of a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. We've never faced anything like this before. So 
I'm assuming though that in your career, you've had to get creative and rethink how you do production or processes or business in the past. But how challenging was this? You must have had some sleepless nights. Yes, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, overall, uh, we are heavily into to lean concepts. So we do a lot of uh, quick changeovers, TPM, um, just different Kaizen events, continuous, striving continuous improvement. Because um, today's day and age, anybody working in manufacturing, you, you have to drive the improvement day in and day out. But typically, it's small changes all the time. The, this this COVID has really led to dramatic changes. Um, you know, again, thinking outside the box, trying things you've never tried before, um, in, in order to survive. And and when done properly, you know, it's the type of thing that again, I'm so proud of our team. I I tell everybody, I don't take any credit. This is all on uh, the people that work here in Paulding that, that figured this out. They did a wonderful job, and as a result. Hey, we got all of our coworkers back to work and we're helping the community by creating even more jobs. And the most important part is we're protecting or producing a uh, product that's protecting people from this disease, you know, around the country. So you know, in a way we're helping save lives. So that's kind of how we're looking at it. So yeah, there's, there's always some change, but nothing like we've seen in the past three, four months. Mm -hmm. And so the attitude at work, people are feeling pretty positive and, uh, and the culture feels good there. Got a, a great group of people, great team. So that part of it, of course, like anything else, there's growing pains that you have when you grow this fast, this quick. Um, again, we'll, we'll never say we're perfect, but uh, we work through problems as a, as a team or as a group. Uh, we're driving the improvement. Every day is getting better. You got all these new people. You know, you mentioned earlier. Not only they got to learn all the safety um, practices we have in place, but you know the quality of the product, how things were learned. So there's a lot of learning um, going on on all four shifts. So uh, again, it'll take us, but every every week it's a little bit better as people gain more experience, and uh, we're looking forward to what's going to happen over the next uh, few weeks and few months. Mm -hmm. We're certainly not going to forget 2020, are we? <laughs> <laughs> this will be a happy new year when this year is over with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Gary, just for manufacturers that are out there, you've been through this process. It's, it's been successful for you. You've learned a lot. There's still a lot of growing pains ahead. What are some key takeaways that you can leave with people or insights that you've gained for other manufacturing leaders you can share? The biggest thing is don't be afraid to try things. Uh, you know, when I first went to my team and I mentioned this clear acrylic, you know, there, I have a lot of managers that have been here, you know, 30, 40, over 45 years. And they're like, well, we've never done that. We can't do that. And so again, so the main thing is sometimes maybe even on desperation, I guess it, it, it makes us think things differently. So don't be afraid to, to try things you haven't tried before. Um, push yourselves and challenge um, each other, but again, do it as a team on what we can do differently um, to, to spin it. So again, yeah, we went from probably one of the worst years we were going to be having um, as a business to now one of the, the best and, you know, continuing to grow. And again, most importantly, it's not about the business. It's, you know, how can we help, you know, society as a whole and, and help people out during this difficult time. Mm-hmm. Gary, it's a great story. Congratulations on your success with Spartec and congratulations to the team and Paulding. And thanks so much for sharing your story with us on Make It Right. 
Well, thank you very much for this opportunity and um, hope all is well with everyone. And hopefully we all get through this over the next couple of months and uh, get back to a little bit of uh, normalness. That'd be great. I'm with you when you said this is going to be a happy new year when we kick into 2021. So <laughs> thanks again, Gary. Thank you. Bye. Gary Buckland is with Spartech. He is the senior plant manager at their plant in Paulding, Ohio. That is our show this week. Please check out our Twitter and LinkedIn feeds that you'll find on our podcast page and you can subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. The Make It Right podcast is brought to you by Kevin Snook. He's a leadership advisor and author of the best-selling book, Make It Right, Five Steps to Align Your Manufacturing Business from the Front Line to the Bottom Line. I'm Janet Eastman. Until next time, thanks for listening to Make It Right.